new United Nations report warns the impacts of climate change are increasing and inevitable. Experts say that we have until 2030 to avoid catastrophe. Temperatures in the Arctic have warmed about two or three times It will be very difficult and impossible for our children to control climate change. This is South of Two Degrees, and I am your host, Brian Barnes. It is so good to have you with us today on the only podcast dedicated to bringing unfiltered scientific research to the forefront of the climate conversation. We've got a great show for you today, so my friends, once more, into the fray. It really is great to be back after a week off last week, and as we approach the six-month mark of this show, it truly has become a routine, and when it doesn't happen, it feels like something's missing for sure. Hopefully, you're all happy to have the show back as well. Now, as we've been gone, I didn't want to hit you with some doom and gloom right off the bat. Rather, we're going to highlight research with some positive news today. Specifically, we're going to look at the European Union and how it's progressing towards climate targets, not on a national scale, rather on a city scale. The research we're looking at today was published the 24th of August, 2020, and it was titled Performance Determinants Show European Cities Are Delivering on Climate Mitigation. Now, if you're short on time today, I think the title gives away the denouement of our story. But if you want to know the details, which is kind of the point of this whole show, stick around as it's rather interesting. And as always, if you want to dig deeper, you can go on over to the website at southof2degrees.org and take a look at the citation page where the research will be linked. Before we dive into a micro-level analysis today, let's take a look at the global level of exactly what's happening. As many, if not all of you are aware, and I'm concerned if you aren't, but it's all good because you can revisit some of the earlier podcasts and get caught up if you like. The L'Accord de Paris, or Paris Accord, was adopted on 12 December 2015 at the UNFCC's 21st Conference of Parties, or COP21. Now, as we've discussed before, the goal of the Paris Accord is to keep the increase in global average temperature to well below 2 degrees C above pre-industrial levels and to pursue efforts to limit the increase to 1.5 degrees C. Now, part of the brilliance of the Accord is that all signatory parties determined on their own how they could best achieve this, what their exact reductions would be, and must regularly report on progress. As of February of 2020, all UNFCCC members have signed the agreement. 189 have become part of it, and the only significant emitters which are not parties are Iran and Turkey. That said, the U.S. has indicated its intention to abdicate its leadership role and withdraw as well. While the upcoming election will determine if that occurs, the reality is many policies have already been put in place that are contrary to the Paris Accord, and even if the U.S. rejoins, legislative action will be needed to course correct even before we can move forward from where we were just four years ago. Again, this is a science show and not a political one, so we won't be diving into policy, rather just fact and research. The good news, despite what the last throes of 2020 decides to hand the world, is that there are groups at a subnational level globally that remain committed to fighting anthropogenic climate change despite what any particular country sets its policy at. The largest of which is called the Global Covenant of Mayors for Climate and Energy. In their own words, the GCOM is, quote, a powerful and historic response to climate change from cities around the world. GCOM is the largest global alliance for city climate leadership, 
built upon the commitment of over 10,000 cities and local governments. These cities hail from six continents and 138 countries. In total, they represent more than 800 million people. By 2030, global covenant cities and local governments could account for 2.3 billion tons of CO2 equivalent of annual emission reductions, matching yearly passenger road emissions from the U.S., China, France, Mexico, Russia, and Argentina combined, end quote. While those are general terms, as you know, I kind of like to be specific. So let's look at where they are with exact numbers. As of the taping of this show, it represents 10,475 cities covering 944 million people or just over 12% of the world's population. And they are on track to reduce emissions by 24 billion tons of CO2 per year by 2030. Despite the national policy of the United States, there are 172 domestic signatories representing 65 million people, all committed to addressing the greatest issue of the modern era. Our story today centers around a subsect of the Global Covenant of Mayors that was actually one of the earlier groups that combined with others to form the current organization, and that is the EU Global Covenant of Mayors, which was founded in 2008. The research paper we are analyzing took the information from this subsection of the global organization and looked at their progress. Why do this, you ask? Well, for starters, while cities only cover 3% of the earth, 72% of the greenhouse gas emissions come from them. Further, despite the IPCC's AR5 specifically noting the importance of climate actions of cities, it left the aggregate impact as simply an unknown, noting specifically, quote, that there are few evaluations of urban climate action plans and their effectiveness due to the lack of consistent accounting methodologies, interagency coordination, and sparse data available on policy implementation and urban scale greenhouse gases to evaluate progress, end quote. Finally, as more and more research comes out detailing how the potential for the world to meet the targets set by the Paris Accord is becoming less and less likely, it brings us hope to know that there are subnational global actors that are willing to wade into the fray regardless of what is happening at the national level. I know you're probably hollering at me, Wait a second there, Brian. How is it that the aggregate data is unknown? If we have national data, shouldn't we have the local level information as well? The answer is... Unfortunately, no. You see, the national greenhouse gas emissions aren't necessarily computed from a local level and aggregated. While I can't speak to how each country does it, I can explain the U.S. process. Data on national emissions actually comes from the EPA's Greenhouse Gas Reporting Program, where emitters self-report. Yes, the reports are validated and verified, and some are even remotely monitored, so it's far from the Wild West, so don't worry there. But as a result, the roll-up occurs from an industry level and not from a municipal one. Concurrently, mayors or county officials don't have a good grasp on what their base emissions are. You know, it's interesting. Okay, I'm going to digress for a second. When I was back on ships in the Navy Reserve and Merchant Marines, I had a captain and... It was the captain on the USNS Victorious that told me, and I remember this so vividly, he said, you know what the most important thing to know is? Yet before I could answer, he said, to know where you are. It's funny. I had always thought that he had it right when you were aboard a ship, but I never considered it outside of that until now. But it absolutely applies here. If mayors don't know where they are with regards to emissions, then they can't accurately plot a course of where they or the communities they represent are headed. 
Enough of my sea stories, though. Aside from the fact that it's important for the world to strive to meet the ambitious goals of the Paris Accord, and cities, towns, and counties can absolutely play a role, they can also do something unique. And that is, as our paper today points out, quote, These actors are adopting their own climate policies and mitigation plans, experimenting with innovative climate policy solutions that could be transferred to other local governments or scaled nationally and build local capacity to address climate change, end quote. In short, the little group can be more flexible. Now, as we dive deeper into the findings of the paper, it's fascinating to note that two-thirds of the EU's Covenant of Mayors members have a population of less than 10,000. This affords them a flexibility that metropolitan areas simply do not have. And while the paper didn't dive into specific policies implemented, the results of the overall study were fascinating. The paper evaluated 1,066 cities, which represents 47.5 million people, or 11% of the European Union's population. Now, the paper only analyzed 1,066 cities, despite the EU Covenant of Mayors having 10,000-plus signatories, because those were the only ones that provided enough data to scientifically monitor their process. The total 2017 greenhouse gas emissions from the sample was 255.6 megatons of CO2, and while this represents roughly 6% of all the EU's 2017 greenhouse gas emissions, the progress they have made is noteworthy. In total, the sample of cities achieved a 14.87% reduction on average from their baseline, which equates to a 1.08 tons of CO2 per capita. Out of those 1,066 cities, the paper found that 60% are on track to meet their emissions targets. Now, I'll admit, while good, this is Far from amazing news because 60% of 10% is a whopping 6% of the signatories of the EU's Covenant of Mayors. That said, it's beyond the scope of this paper to estimate if that sample is representative or if that's the best of it. However, it's what the paper finds beyond the high-level numbers that presents a significant level of intrigue. First of all, in addition to crunching the numbers, the authors used automated textual analysis to evaluate plan-level city level and country level characteristics. In the evaluation of language prevalence, six thematic areas of climate policy strategy and action plans were identified. 30% of policies looked at municipal administration, 19% public buildings and lighting, 18% at residential buildings and urban planning measures, 13% at mobility and public transport, with both cross-sectoral integration and energy efficiency interventions at 10% each. This is critical as being able to identify the policy measures or technological implementations that are most successful in reducing emissions is of paramount importance as we look to share data on the best practices. Now, before you go, Brian, this is just a boring paper on how the EU is progressing. Here are some thought-provoking facts that the paper's authors gleaned from their numbers. First off, while higher greenhouse gas emissions at the national level correlated with higher reductions at the lower level, an increase in national policies did not improve city performance, but did result in higher ambition. Great, you say. They're shooting for the stars. Well, actually, it's funny, as while more national policies increases ambition, the paper found, quote, no significant relationship between the number of national climate policies and emission reduction achievement, end quote. 
So how's that, you ask? Well, the paper sums this up better than I could by stating, quote, cities' emissions reduction targets are often set as political statements or aspirational goals without consideration of abatement potential, which may explain why cities failing to meet the reduction targets set goals inconsistent with their capacities or take actions that have only incremental reduction, such as distribution of efficient lighting or require longer time frames, such as large-scale infrastructural changes or urban planning measures. This gap between stated ambition and realized outcomes is a key reason why scholars have called for a better scientific foundation to underpin cities' climate policy efforts. End quote. Interestingly, cities that were on track had less ambitious targets and yet higher baseline emissions. These higher-performing cities tended to adopt strategies for behavioral change, using public awareness campaigns or pushing action plans centered around pedestrian mobility and or cycling, as well as replacing old technology. So where does this leave us, you ask? Well, to start, we need to go back to what my old captain said and know where we are. Only four EU countries, France, Denmark, the UK, and Slovakia, require local climate action plans. Adding to that, a requirement for regular data reporting would allow us to know exactly where we are. Secondly, as the paper noted that ambition doesn't translate to results, yet concrete tangible plans do, it is important we all stand by one of my favorite phrases and also the motto of my alma mater, acta non verba, deeds, not words. Simply put, when we act, we make progress, and when we pontificate from behind a podium, we do not. All that said, I do want to leave you on a really bright note this week, and it's because of the mayors, often the little folks, down in the trenches that are making the difference. Of the 1,066 cities evaluated in this study, 435 cities are outperforming their own country's national efforts. The UK currently has 80% of its cities on track to meet their climate targets, and Spain leads the way with 81% of its cities on track. Glasgow, Scotland averaged a 3.6% annual reduction in greenhouse gas emissions per capita over a six-year period, and Muerta, Spain achieved an annual per capita greenhouse gas emissions reduction of 11% for five years running. Yes, we have a very long way to go, both in Europe and around the globe, and yes, for every year we rest on our laurels, it gets exponentially harder, but it is achievable. However, maybe, just maybe, we should let the mayors lead the way. And that wraps up another episode of South of Two Degrees. As always, I look forward to having you back again with me next week. And aside from checking out all the latest information on the website, blog, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, do this for me. Tell one other person about this show in the next week. Have at least one conversation about climate change with someone else. And above all, keep it South of Two Degrees.